What's up? Welcome to another episode of Cash Clarity. I'm your host, Abby Nerderman, and I am excited that you've tuned in today. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but I changed up the intro just a teeny tiny bit. After listening to the first three episodes, I realized that I had started each the same with, well, hello there. So I thought I'd just change it up for today. Anyway, I'm excited that you're here because I want to talk to you about how often you can dump out your shoebox. In other words, how often you uh, need to hang on to your records. Unfortunately, we can't Marie Kondo your business records. I'm sure the only thing in there that's sparking any joy are your deposit slips or any copies of receipts that you've given out to customers for payments that have come in. I know for me, I like it when the money comes in and not so much when the money goes out. So that would be what's sparking joy for me. Anyway, there's lots of reasons why you might need to keep a transaction record. One, it helps you remember what happened and and when it happened. Two, you know, if you make a big purchase and you want to potentially have the option to return it for whatever reason, then having the receipt in your back pocket is going to help. The third reason might be for billing your customers. They might come back to you later for a copy of the receipt that they lost. Uh, Reason number four is for insurance. You might own some property and should you have to make an insurance claim, then um, they're going to need to see invoices, receipts, and that kind of thing for repairs. So those are documents you'll need to have for insurance. Fifth reason is you you might have some warranties. I know some, some big purchases like appliances and things, they can come with a warranty and you know, to be able to fulfill the warranty, you'll need to have the receipt in case you need to take advantage of it. And then the last reason is for, you guessed it, taxes. We all have to go there once a year to file our income taxes. And you know what? It's easier to one, file, and then two, back up uh, yourself for an audit if you just have all the records on hand. So, Keeping your records and keeping them organized will give you total peace of mind. You won't be left wondering, did I remember to pay something? Did I pay something twice? Can I trust my financials? And the icing on the cake is if the IRS comes knocking, you can say, I'm ready for you, boo. I can back up what I reported. And just so you're aware, you can get audited by other organizations. Other than the IRS. I know, it's weird, right? I I once had a client who had a workers' comp audit. He couldn't find what he needed to fulfill the obligations of the audit, and he needed his payroll reports and filings, and he called me, and it was a good thing that I had backups for him because um, I was able to provide those and send him his way, and he had all the proper documentation he needed for the audit, and it made it as easy as an audit can possibly be. All right. At the end of the day, it's really up to you how long you keep your records. And you might have other reasons for keeping certain things. But today, what I really want to focus on is what to keep and how long to keep it for to meet the IRS period of limitations. 
And if you want to go deep and have something to help you fall asleep at night, I'll include some links in the show notes um, of IRS publications that really go deep into this um, topic. So um, look for those at goldenratiobookkeeping.com forward slash 004. All right. At the end of this episode, you should feel confident about knowing what you need to have and for how long to ace an audit. Before I dive in, I want to take a second to do a listener spotlight. One of my very favorite podcasts that I listen to does this, and I thought it'd be so cool if I could do listener spotlights someday too. I never expected to have reviews this early, so I'm just thrilled to be able to do it at this stage in my podcast journey. I thought I'd go ahead and and, and do one real quick here. Um, Today's listener shout out goes to CLGirl88. She left a review on iTunes and it says, a must listen for all small business owners. Really great info for new business slash small business owners. Makes the big scary stuff seem doable. Really down to earth and a good listen. Thank you so much, CO Girl 88 I am so touched to receive such a glowing review. It put a smile on my face and one of my big goals for this podcast is making the numbers and financials doable and less scary. So I was definitely doing some fist pumping when I read your review. Thank you so much for taking the time to put that on iTunes. I, I really appreciate it. All right, so let's get to it. There are a variety of reasons why you need to hold onto your receipts, like I mentioned a little bit earlier. And from a bookkeeping perspective, there really are three big reasons why you want to hang on to all of your transactional records. The first being memory recall. Our brains are imperfect tools for storing information. It's why you might sometimes get into a trivial argument with your significant other. You might think that you had a conversation about something and you completely, you know, convinced yourself that it took place, but in actuality, it didn't happen. So maybe, you know, you were using the restroom, you used the last of the toilet paper, and you thought you told your significant other that you used the last of the toilet paper and it's now all gone and somebody needs to run by the store to get it. And then later in the day, you know, nobody's gone to the store and you're like, hey, what's up? What gives? I thought you were going to get some toilet paper. And they're like, what? We never had that conversation. It's because our our brains are just, they're miraculous things, right? So they can convince ourselves that something has happened when it hasn't and vice versa. They can purge a complete events from our memory that actually did take place. Having all the records on hand for your business really helps with remembering what actually happened. Oh, wow. Thanks for bearing with me on that example. Toilet paper, I don't know where that came from. This is what happens when you don't put an example in your notes. Moving on. The second big reason is accurate data entry. So as a professional bookkeeper, of course, I had to go here. I ask my clients for everything. I have them just call me the receipt queen um, and they're happy to do so. So 
you may be keeping your books yourself and that's okay, but having receipts to reference, especially if someone else is helping you with the data entry, ensures that any coding, any classifying happens right the first time. It really is a tremendous asset when you're sitting down and trying to select a category and it can go maybe one, two, or maybe three ways, but you have that detailed report of what was actually purchased and you can make a good solid decision right there on the fly instead of having to come back later and maybe have conversations with other people and do some research. Big reason number three is the tax man. If the IRS decided to do an audit, which the chances are not very likely, I think it's around 2%, they have a period of limitations for doing so from when you filed your taxes, which means if you want to keep your deductions, the proof, proof is in the pudding, or in this case, your shoebox full of receipts. So those are the big three bookkeeping reasons why you need to hold on to receipts. Now, I do want to dive in a little bit deeper onto the or into the period of limitations for tax purposes. But remember, you may want to keep something longer than just for taxes. So for income taxes, you must keep your records as long as they may be needed for the administration of any provision in the tax code which means you must keep any records that support an item of income or deduction you claim on your return. Now, there are three, or sorry, there are six scenarios that I'm going to run past you. Now, the first and second don't apply to you, but I'm going to go ahead and state them anyway. If you, one, file a fraudulent return, or two, do, no, do not file a return, then the period of limitations for the IRS is unlimited. But again, I know that's not you, so we'll just skip on to number three. If you claimed a loss from a worthless security or a bad debt deduction, then the period of limitations is seven years. If you're not sure Get with your tax preparer to find out what happened in your unique situation. Or just hang on to everything for seven years. There's no harm in keeping things longer than you need them for. Number four, if you do not report income that you should have, then the period of limitations is six years. Meaning if what you should have claimed was more than 25% of what you reported, then you need to abide by the longer period of time, which is six years. Now, I'm going to tell you what the shorter period of time here is in a second. Number five, if you file a claim for a credit or a refund after you filed your return, then the period of limitations is the later of three years from the time you filed or two years after the tax was paid. And then... Scenario number six, and this is the default answer that applies to most cases, is three years. And again, I recommend hiring and consulting with a professional tax preparer to understand your unique situation. Now, that was income taxes. Let's talk about payroll taxes for just a second. If you employ either a independent contractor or a wage-earning employee, you need to keep all of the tax-related records for at least four years. 
anything reporting income and withholdings like W-2s, 1099s, your filings like 940s and 941s, um, dates of employment, and any records showing dates and amounts of tax payments made, those are all things that you need to keep in addition to any of the transactional records. So now if the audit call comes, you can start singing some Beyonce. To the left, to the left, everything you want is in the box. To the left, in the closet, that's my stuff. Yes, I bought it. Please don't touch. <laughs> Sorry, I I don't know why I thought of the song, but I did. So in the box would be your stuff that the IRS wants to look at and then everything else you want to say hey it's mine don't take away my deductions I earned that tax return or I didn't owe as much um, because of these deductions so leave them alone (laughs) all right thank you for bearing with me and my cheesiness there for a second now like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode you may choose to keep records for longer uh, sorry, I'm still stuck on Beyonce. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you may choose to keep records for longer and for various reasons besides taxes, like um, purchase warranties or insurance claims or property valuations. But if you need to go with something and you just don't know, I recommend seven years. It checks all of the tax period of limitation boxes. You may be wondering how you're going to keep all of your stuff. There's three different ways you could do it. One, you could file everything in a file cabinet and keep all those papers stored away. Two, you can go paperless and store everything digitally like on Dropbox or Google Drive. And three, you can keep a mix of both. You need to start thinking about how you're going to organize too. So take some time to develop a file system. And if you need a place to get started, go back to episode number one, how to organize your money files. I created a really great freebie for you in on that episode. So go to goldenratiobookkeeping.com forward slash 001 and get your file system quick start guide in um, the show notes for episode number one. <laughs> All right. So in the next episode... I'm going to go over how much savings to keep in your business account. It's important to have a well-established safety net. So tune in next time to check and see what you need to do. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts. Until next time.